Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some saying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca. If you like this show, you are going to love The First Degree with Jack Vanek and Alexis Linkletter. The host of Lady Gang teams up with her best friend slash true crime TV producer to explore stories of the craziest crimes, cults, and conspiracies imaginable with renowned crime journalist Billy Jensen and talk to the once ordinary people who were one degree away from those stories. And who knows, you may even wind up being their next guest. Check out The First Degree every Wednesday only on Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, while supplies last. Offer ends eight thirty one twenty. Today's specials: new Chase Freedom Flex with three percent on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. So, Mark Sidious, I did get some Sith names. I, I saw them on Twitter. I saw them. And I compiled some of my favorites. Okay. Some of them were pretty, you know, kind of right on the money. Mark Mall was pretty good, you know. Right, and we Darth had Maul. that one, didn't we? Yeah. We, uh, a lot of Darth Rileys, which, you know, we have Darth Harloff. We yeah. have, you know, Mark Sidious, though, is kind of perfect, right, yeah. for you. That's, you know, you're the, the, the master of Collider, right? Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. So I, I, I stumbled on this one that I like a lot because are you familiar with Darth Nihilus? Darth Nihilus. So, legends, I think. Yeah, so I am I am familiar with Darth Nihilus, and I actually, I think I saw this tweet. I yeah. did see this tweet. Darth Nihilus is from the Old Republic, right? Right, so Darth Nihilus, I'm pulling it up right now. I think he's more of the Legend series. Maybe you guys can, he has that great, here, that Oh, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. That, that's it's that's a what ve- it is. It's a very, yeah. It's the Knights, main baddie from, uh, from Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, yeah. So yep. I like to call it canon, but it really kind of isn't until it, Disney, yeah. I guess, makes a canon. So we have Sterling Jones at E-I-N Champion. Okay. Sorry, I'm butchering your at Sterling, but I appreciate this. For Rule of Two, what about Riley Mall, which, you know, yeah. Darth Rylis. Darth Rylis? Darth Rylis. Darth Rylis. I like it. 
from now on, you shall be known as Darth Rylas. Yes, I've been anointed <laughs> as Sith in the Thank you, my master. (laughs) Thank you, my master. I will do whatever you tell me. Yeah. And that's... All right, cool. So Darth Rylas it is. Darth Rylas it is, and that is the rule of two. Welcome. Yes, we are back. Yeah, it's back. a rule of two episode podcast. Episode four. Episode four wow. of. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to make it this far. Is it four? Is it this five? Is a, no, it's the fourth one. Oh, well, you the can't. Fourth. Some of the some of the people have been tweeting at me and saying that the Jedi Council. Yeah. Uh, Sit in that we did the fill in episode during Comic Con. That could be. They see it as a rule of two. It was rule of two ish. It was rule of two esque. Yes, um, but it's not rule of two. That was no. just a you know that we're, we're just sitting in because our comrades were busy and out at Comic Con, so we sat in for that. Right, we had to. So this is the official fourth episode, episode four, episode four, of the rule of two. May the fourth be with you. Yeah, episode four, rule of two, guys. Thank you so much for sharing everything, tweeting at us. We see all of them. At Riley Around and at Mark Fernandez 76. It is so wonderful to see we are on the official Jedi Council Podcast One feed. Please subscribe, share, like this, leave some comments, tell your friends this is the rule of two. This is a podcast that celebrates Star Wars. And we're going to get right into it because the golden lightsabers, my friend. Yeah. They have been really. Heated battle. It's been great. The feedback is awesome. Yeah. Finally, some people are, are doing their own nominations. I'm I saw that. To I saw that. Yeah, some good ones. And some great ones and some, you know, some some fun arguments online that I've had a couple times. Yep. Just so you know, how could you do this? How could you not do that? But a lot of praise, a lot of likes, a lot of conversation. That's all we want here in the celebration of rule of two. Yeah. So, look, um, I want to start the show off by doing two things. Okay. Number one, I want to give... Uh, people a little heads up on how the voting is going to work. Yes, we decided on something. Good, go. Y- yeah, so basically how we're going to do the voting is that we're going to do it on Collider Video Twitter. Yes. Okay? Now, um, I always say that Twitter is, you know, reminds me of that book that I read in, in high school, The Lord of the Flies, <laughs> you know? But we'll, we'll try to break... It's perfect. We'll, we'll try to break with tradition and try to have a less Lord of the Fly-esque tweet right out there and basically we're just going to do polls for mm-hmm. each of the categories on the collider video twitter yep this will allow um a few things it, it'll allow the core base to be able to vote you yep. know so at collider video or mm-hmm. videos video at collider video check us out there on twitter follow us and on tomorrow yeah actually or when this airs yes. today wednesday as um, this is airing and dropping in your feed, yeah, we, uh, go to Collider at Collider Video. We will have the poll up. It'll be a thread. It'll be a thread. We'll put all of them there. We'll start with uh, what we did last week. Yeah. The nominations there, they'll kind of go in order for those listening at home and playing along with us at home. Yeah. You can vote there. And it'll be nice. I think I totally agree with you. We were going to maybe do a, a website, but uh, it, it's kind of nice to get the interaction, the interaction with uh, the followers yeah. and everybody. And, and you can double vote, right? Unless you're like a really, really, uh, you know, unless you're really whatever. Unless you're you wanna... a, like you're a slicer from the Last Jedi, like Benicio del Toro. Yeah, yeah. You want to like make seventeen accounts and vote for a category because you really care about that category. Look, right. if you're going to do the extra effort to do that. 
so be it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, um, we thought the Twitter thread would so be fun. So be it, Jedi. Darth Rylis. <laughs> but but uh, it's important to note that the fan vote is one of three votes. Okay. Yeah. Right. right. Now, uh, a lot of people say, well, what happens if I vote one, you vote one, the fans vote one, mm-hmm. and now we got three different winners? Um, it's... I mean, I think that's a fair it's a fair question. I think the Twitter. Uh, what do you think about this? We can decide this live on air or live to tape on air. The Twitter poll, we put them up there. We have our nominations. We vote ourselves. And then whatever falls, whatever happens, happens. So like I can live with that. Right. So the we stop at a certain day. And then once, you know, you get that boom after however many thousands of votes, it's over. Here's your winner. We got to We got to stick with that. So if, like, Revenge of the Sith wins Best Picture, I got to deal with that. Yeah. The, the only thing I don't love about that, and hear me out on this one, okay. is that it takes away a little bit of, and the winner is dot, dot, dot. It takes a little, a little bit of the mystery right. away from the episode of who the winner is. That's true. You uh, know what? Why don't we make it then f- over a week, and we just we chime in. So we go, okay, as of now, because the polling, by, the, by next week when we record – Episode five of Rule yeah. Two. Next week, we can see. As of right now, we have one more day of polling left. Yeah, because a fan vote really is the most fair way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Because our vote, respectively, mm-hmm. your vote and my vote, should not be equal to the thousands of votes from the fans. That's what I would say. Yeah, you know what? I agree with that. And and it's in in the celebration. I mean, I know it's very unsith like that we're going to open it up and have more than two. Two, well, first more of all, than now two you apprentices. bring up a better point. <laughs> Did I stumble on something good? Yeah, well, now, 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 now you're making me wonder if doing it as a populist vote is the right thing. If we're going to stick to the rule of two commandments of sorts, mm-hmm. right? But look, I think ultimately, I think the fan vote is the one that, that should, should dictate the winner. I think it should, too. And I still think it'll be a very fun show to announce the winners and discuss why something won or why something lost. Exactly. So, all right. So, look, you guys heard it here, live to tape, yep. rule of two. Uh, your votes will decide the winner of the Golden Lightsabers. Right. And, and we will vote as well yeah. and say which ones we voted for. And then we can compare the numbers. Yeah. And yeah. see what, what's, what's what. Yeah. I all like right. that. All right. Sounds good. So, look, do you want to – okay. And then the second thing I wanted to do is I wanted to recap last week. Yes, we have to. Um, I wanted you to recap the nominations for last week. Got it. So that everybody's clear. And then let's go right into the first category that we're going to talk to today. Yep, we're going down the line. Which and- I believe is best opening crawl. Let me see here. Yes. Wait, wait. Where to go? Yes. No, best ending, then best opening crawl. Okay, best ending. We best didn't opening, do okay. Be- okay, so to recap, everyone, playing at home, do you have your spreadsheets out like we do? Here we go. Yep. Show, last week, we had best theme. We, we Best nominated musical theme. Best musical theme. Imperial March, Binary Sunset, a.k.a. the Force theme. Yeah, I saw a lot of votes for that on Twitter already. Oh, yeah. The uh, Star Wars theme, the regular, and Duel of Fates. Duel of the Fates. Uh, been getting a lot of good love from that one. Yeah. Then we have Best Special Effects Scene, Tarkin and Rogue One, which I saw a lot of votes for that me one. Me too, me too. Trench Run at End of New Hope. Coruscant Battle. Crickets on that one, by the way. Crickets, I know. Crickets on the Trench Run, which is, I think, the most iconic special effects scene in all of Star Wars. Which I know. It's got Ironic, it's, but it, yeah, it, crickets. It is ironic. Uh, Coruscant Battle and Revenge of the Sith, which, by the way, an aside— 
I had to watch Revenge of the Sith the other day after after our taping of that episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Made the fiance watch it. I said, yeah, "How do you feel about watching a Star Wars movie?" She went, "Which one?" So Revenge of the Sith. She said, "Which one is that?" So it's the one with Darth Vader. She went, "Which one?" Right, right. <laughs> and then so on, so on. So, so you sat through the whole thing. Sat through the whole thing. You I, like I, it? I, I have such a, a better appreciation for this movie. Good. Yes, of course. Good. I really like Star it. Wars. Uh, so we have Tarkin, Trench Run, Coruscant Battle, Battle of Hoth. Those okay. are our nominations. That's a, good, that's a good nomination. Yep. Best Lightsaber Duel, Throne Room from Return of the Jedi, Yep. Phantom Menace, Empire Strikes Back, Obi-Wan, Anakin on Mustafar, and Revenge of the Sith. Best Editing, we have A New Hope, Revenge of, uh, Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, and Phantom Menace. Two prequels getting in there. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, best Villain, Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, Darth Sidious, and Darth Maul. We did have a little bit of a debate over Boba Fett or Kylo Ren. Yeah. I'm glad somebody, we have Kylo Ren. Look, somebody uh, somebody um, in Twitter, and I'm not sure who it was, but they made a very good argument for— For Boba Fett? No, for um, for Jabba the Hutt. Ah. And I, I, I actually really enjoyed his point of view, and even though he didn't make the list. He, no. didn't, he didn't make the list. We, we, we have our list. Um, I thought that he made a very valid argument. About why Jabba the Hutt should have been at least mentioned, okay? Because Jabba the Hutt is an iconic uh, villain. He is in in Star Wars, and I think that even the fact that you couldn't understand him, he had a different language. Um, his treatment of Leia, you know, they gave us the famous slave slave uh, slave girl Leia costume, right? Um, she uh, battles out of and takes him out with, yeah, with the know? very chains that she shackles him. Yep. She, you know, uh, rings around his neck. Um, that little tiny little like thing. Uh, what's it? What's the character? Salacious B. Crumb. Salacious Crumb uh, <laughs> was excellent, and the opening scene was a you know that's probably one of my favorite openings of all the Star Wars movies. Oh yeah. So look, Jabba the Hutt. Shout out to Jabba the Hutt. Didn't make the final nominees, which are again uh, Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, and Darth Sidious. Okay. That's a tough look. That's a tough four to. It, it's hard to to, yeah. to slide yourself in there. Yeah. But and look, but Jabba the Hutt is worthy of at least being discussed. And um, shout out to whoever uh, tweeted that at us because it was a very good point. It was great. Yeah. I, I'm all for it. I love Jabba the Hutt. And, yeah. and that is one of the greatest openings of a Star Wars. Like cool. kind of the only side adventure in a, in a saga film uh, that doesn't go into the main narrative. But that's another podcast for another time. Let's get right down to it. We had a long episode last week, but we do have a time machine, so we can do it again this time. But we're going to try <laughs> to keep it. About an hour and maybe 15. Yeah. And, try to get through it. And try to get have through some it. Have fun with it. Yep. So we have now our next nomination is Best Ending. Fernandez, Darth, or Mark Sidious, I should say. Would you like to go first? All right. So Best Ending. Yeah. So, look, there's so many movies. And, um, again, going back to my old film school adages, mm -hmm. um, we called it in film school, at least my teacher called it, and it's kind of stuck with me, um, they call it the fifth act blues. And, right. um, you know, there's a very famous thing in theater and in screenwriting that William Shakespeare had very poor endings, you know. So um, <laughs> and uh, they refer to it as the fifth act blues okay. uh, because Shakespeare usually creates all these highly complex narrative threads. And then at the end, he's got to like, uh, at, you know, do an ass pull, pull himself out of the corner that he wrote himself into. Right. So what he does is that he just kills everybody. <laughs> I was just going to say, because I've never heard this. I'm yeah. like, what? He just kills everybody, right? He kills everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He it, does. It, 
And this is what's known as a fifth act blues. And it's very difficult to end something in a very, very satisfying way. So to right. me, this is one of the most interesting categories. This I was going to say. It's really what's the most satisfying ending in a Star Wars film, right? Like that's really the question. Satisfying and also, I mean, I thought of it differently too. I'm like, holy what the F kind of ending. Yeah. Because there are that in Star Wars movies as well. Little yeah. cliffhangers, which I know you guys are probably already aware of what I'm referencing. But you're right. What's satisfying? Even if it's a WTF ending, is it satisfying or not? Yeah, and look, in Star Wars movies, I think, are very good at, at being conscious of that. And for the most part, the endings are all very you know, celebratory. Mm-hmm. It's usually seen if it's the end of a war. There's a lot of fanfare and all these things, right? Right. So I'm going to start off with my, uh, with my four, okay? Go for it. So number one... And, and it's tough to say where the ending starts um, in, in one, but I'm going to say that the ending of, of one starts with the um, – and, and my nomination, my first nomination is Star Wars, A New Hope. A New Hope, yeah. Um, because there's very few things in cinema for me that are as iconic as uh, Han, Luke, Chewie – getting their deserved appreciation from the uh, Rebel Alliance, yep. the remnants of the Republic, yep. in this beautiful ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that beautiful final shot of the cast giving their bow, so it's, to speak. It's iconic now. It's iconic now, and it's something that I think Lucas stumbled upon, and I'm sure there's references to some of my film buffs out there can find in old in old timey films where they did that sort of curtain call moment for the cast at, yeah. as the finale but bringing that into a mainstream popular culture film like Star Wars at the time was a great cool move and it stuck yeah. you know so and of course the music the music you know them looking at each other all smiling mm-hmm. it was i mean it's the epitome of satisfying for me so Star Wars number 1 is in there I'm with you. It's it's nominated for me as well. Okay. So that one that all right. That, so so th- that's a little time optimization we're gonna make in this episode. If you also have it, you're just gonna say it. Yeah. And then and then when it gets to you, you'll just talk about the ones that you have that I don't have. Perfect. Right. Okay. All right. So Star Wars: A New Hope, the final ending. We call it the um, the throne the, room, maybe or the parade, the parade, or, the the medal ceremony, the medal ceremony. Was and, great. And, and, I and you get the Star Wars theme in there, right? Like, uh, you, you, get the, you get the Force theme. Yeah. Remember, I am going to hum. Yeah, I got yeah, a lot yeah. of love last week. First of all, you're, you're the, I, there's a hashtag about it, the, the hum camp. Is there is <laughs> <is> a hashtag? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a hashtag. Please it. tag me on this hashtag. I <laughs> yeah. didn't see it. But yeah, so Force theme, which again, I do think is very similar to the Star Wars theme. But yes, the Force theme is in there. Yep. It's a beautiful scene. Star Wars, uh, the medal ceremony, as we'll call it, is an official nominee. And, and for clarification, too, because I also clumped this in, and I think you were alluding to this, like, where does the ending start? Mm-hmm. I mean... Blowing up the Death Star, Luke using the Force, yeah. Han coming out of nowhere and saving the day. Yeah. All of that, for me, is the ending of New Hope as yeah, well. Yeah, me too. So, and it kind of leads into, obviously, so big clumps of the end. You know, When people say, what happened at the end of New Hope? Well, Luke blows up the Death Star after hearing yeah. from Obi-Wan. And First of all, that's Han a very good point, is where does the ending start? 
You know, like, and I like, think like, like, again, that's a technical question, and I think it's a good question. It's technical, sure, but we could also play around with it because as mu- as e- you're not getting that satisfying conclusion with the medal ceremony without Han Solo coming in and and blowing Vader and his and his co-pilots away and getting that cheering. Yeah, so you're saying it's trench run medal ceremony. Trench run medal ceremony. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. I like that. Tough one to beat, but that's very that, fair. That's it's a tough one to beat. Yeah. We'll see how it All happens. Right, so the, my second one. Mm-hmm. And, the, and you know this one's coming. Um, Empire Strikes Back. Yep. The lightsaber fight. Yep. Between Luke and Vader. You are my, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I am your father. I am your father. Mm. And then, but what really haunts me about that is, oh, man. Just thinking about it makes me have chills. Oh, yeah. What, what, what really haunts me about that is Luke looking out the window. Yeah, the spaceship with Leia and the droids watching Lando and Chewie fly off looking for their buddy. And like Leia and Luke for the first time having I just got chills again, having Mm. that connection through the force. Yeah. And and, and knowing. Yes. That there's something else going on. Yes. uh, Probably the best cliffhanger in movies ever. And look, I I, I, I do think that the cliffhanger at the end of Avengers Infinity War was cool. But it's, there's no cliffhanger. It's like you don't really like everybody knows what's going to happen pretty much. Right. At least you all know that all the you know, like everybody has a pretty good list of all the Avengers that are coming back. Right. But um, it, it's it's a cool ending, um, cool cliffhanger. The one in Empire Strikes Back to me was very haunting of Luke looking off into the stars. It's and, and like Leia and Han and, you know, uh, I mean. Yeah. And, and Leia recognizing uh, the force connection. It is so powerful. And I, Empire's on there as, as mine as well. Of course it is. Yeah. The I am your father moment, the, the, the most iconic for me, at least lightsaber duel, the way it's shot, the yeah. way it ends, the stakes involved, him falling, calling for Leia. No, there is another Yoda teases it. When Luke flies off, that boy is our last hope. No, there's another. He teases right. it right there. Yeah. Right. Yep. And and Lucas didn't know a little history buff for you guys. Lucas didn't know at that moment that Leia was his sister. In his writing, he was going to have another sister across the galaxy. But in Return of the Jedi, he decided it was Leia, which I love. Little yeah. history there. Um, you have all of that. The call to Leia hold getting on, picked up. On. Go yeah. back to that. Like but that, huh? in Empire, you're saying Lucas didn't know it was going to be Leia. I might be off of timeline, but at one point, and it was in Lee Brackett's original script, when the No, There Is Another, he always knew that Luke had a sister, but it was going to be a different character. It wasn't going to be Leia. Okay. Now, I could be wrong. But at the very Star- end of Empire Strikes Back, they, he obviously connects them to, yeah. to each so other. So maybe, maybe I have the timeline off a little bit. Right, but it makes sense. I know Lucas did a lot of like, iteration of the script sure. and everything. But, yeah, at one point it was that. But then, yeah, how can you argue with that? Luke calls out, and who answers? His sister. Yeah. And that sets up even the Last Jedi kind of connections that we saw in the mythology. Yeah. At least the, the well, look, Force Skype. Look, maybe we stumbled onto something. Maybe this is the beginning of Force Skype. I – look, as much as The Last Jedi gets a lot of hate, yeah, I, which I don't understand. I'm on record. If you look at the mythology of set up with the Force, it's all there. It was already there. The Force Skype, the connection, 
Luke called to Leia in Empire Strikes Back, the ending of Empire Strikes Back. Obi-Wan, obviously, was calling to Luke from the, from the great beyond, setting up Force Ghosts and whatnot. Yep. And for me, Force Projection with Luke at the end, which a lot of people didn't like. We, did, we, we never had, uh, in canon anyway, we never had a Force Ghost being able to affect the real world right uh, that that physically. was that was built in to the last jedi yeah but you could also take obi-wan's new hope speech to vader if you strike me down i should become more powerful than you could possibly imagine right so you can kind of assume they can yeah. do things i mean I, I i think it's pretty obvious that he's directly referencing that he's going to be able because of the teachings that qui-gon gave him at that that we know because of Revenge of the Sith, right? When he was in in isolation on Tatooine, that it allowed him the ability to commune beyond his physical form, right? And maybe he was referencing directly turning his son into a powerful Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look, it's open ended, right? So like, there is the possibility that that also means being able to interact physically with stuff that's in the real world. So. I think so, and I think... It's within it, the realm of reason. So it, it, it's within the realm of reason. We've seen it in Last Jedi when, when Yoda now is able to use the Force and take out the Force tree. And it stands to good reason that then... Maybe the Force tree has special, uh, special attributes as well. But. Maybe. But I, it, what it does for me, and maybe it will help some of the people out there that really didn't like The Last Jedi and Luke's treatment, Luke can come back. And he is back. He's back. And he can use his powers. Right. He can probably wield a lightsaber, finally. Let's see. All right. So, um, all right. So, Empire Strikes Back. Empire, New Hope. We share both of those. Yes. All right. So, my third one is, and there's probably no surprise here because of where I'm going to start it. Like, Mm -hmm. of where I started and where I end it. You know, like, um, if the beginning of Star Wars and New Hope is trench run into into ceremony, Mm -hmm. to me... Revenge of the Sith, which is my next nomination. Yep. It's, you know, you've turned her against me. Yeah, I was going to say. And him telling, uh, Anakin telling Padme, you brought him here to kill me. Mm-hmm. You've turned her against me. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've done that yourself. It's great. And then them two going off into their highly intense battle yep. between brothers, intercut. With the amazing, my little green friend, <laughs> you know, um, moment of Sidious and Yoda. Yep. And then I know we also get, look, we get the, which I think is actually a really cool scene, which is the creation of Vader. Now, we do get the no thing that's like, you know, very well documented as being a little bit annoying. And it, I actually it, agree it, with it that. It hurts. Yeah. D- yeah. No. But, but, but I don't know if I blame that in as much as this undying loyalty that the Star Wars franchise has to James Earl Jones, the great James Earl Jones, yep. to keep doing the voice. Yeah. And James Earl Jones is aged, you know, and it, it, sometimes it's very hard to hide aging in, in the voice. Especially, and, yeah. And, 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 and even in Rogue One, it doesn't like... I love hearing James Earl Jones, and I actually love the Vader moments in Rogue One. Me too. But... I do think they need to have a backup plan. They do. And I, I noticed it a lot to what you're referencing in when James Earl Jones came in for Rebels. In Rebels, that's where I really noticed it. Less so in Rogue One. Not even that much in <clears throat> excuse me, in Revenge of the Sith. 
Because, you know, he didn't have a lot to say. You yeah. Know, except, she although was alive. Every I time, felt it. Every time. And it happened again when I put on Revenge of the Sith. And every time I see that movie, I like it more and more. And I'm not saying that because you're sitting next to me. Um, it's just a good movie. I mean, where's it's Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? Right. It's the to first come, thing he says. Yeah. To come with Vader's voice saying that, that is the moment for me where it's just like there's the man inside the suit. Yeah. And there's the humanity coming out. And even though he's dark side, yeah. like he's still got light in him. It's because of Padme. Yeah. And Luke is able to, to mine that throughout the, the original trilogy. It seems that in your anger, you killed her. Mm. I not. No. No. Yeah, the no does. <clears throat> that gets me too. So yeah, but whatever. Look, anyway, and then leading into the birth of Luke and Leia. And then I think it's one of the most beautiful... I think one of the most beautiful visual transitions in that film, which is where you see the the um, um, the um, God. I'm going to get the name of the ship wrong, but the uh, uh, Tantive Four. Yes, yeah the uh, the, the blockade runner. Ship. Yeah, the tra- like that you see the like, like you see the interior of it. And I remember I I, I was lucky enough to be at the premiere. Yeah, with and- the droids. Mind the wipe. Yeah. Right. And then when when you see that ship, I mean, the audience, for whatever reason, the audience just started cheering. Yeah. Because it was the first time that you truly connected the aesthetics of the prequels with the original trilogy. That's, yeah, absolutely. And I and moreover, I love that when we got to Rogue One and we're a few years in or at least however many years, 10 years maybe in to the emperor's rule and it. It looked like it literally took a toll on the galaxy. Yeah, but you start to see the connections in Revenge of the Sith for sure. Yeah. And then, um, and then I think one of the most satisfying uh, endings in Star Wars. Again, I think it goes back to the um, to the binary sunset uh, theme of Joel Edgerton um, as um, as Uncle Owen and um, and his wife looking off into the sunset, and you hear the um, the music and. Just a for me a very satisfying ending, and I mean like I don't know how many people out there did this, but like the first time I saw that movie, all I could think about was okay now I'm gonna go home and I want to watch all three all six movies back to back to back just so that I can like watch Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope back to back. And if yeah. you've never done that, if you've never seen Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope back to back, I actually highly recommend it. Because they 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 really 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 do mesh well together in my opinion, um, and, and like obviously that speech that uh, Obi Wan gives where he talks about Anakin makes you know like feels differently. Yeah. If you do like a like a marathon, and I know it's tough to spend four hours doing anything these days, even though I did that playing World of Warcraft last night. <laughs> but um, nerd alert! I yeah, love it. But uh, Revenge of the Sith into Star Wars. So anyway. Long drawn out nomination, but that's my nomination, Revenge of the Sith. So you have New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, and what was the last one? And my last one okay. is Return of the Jedi. Nice. Return um, of the Jedi. So Return of the Jedi for me, um, obviously you get this amazing confrontation, the fulfillment of the prophecy. Mm-hmm. I mean, re- like Revenge of, uh, I'm sorry, it used to be called Revenge of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi um, is the culmination of everything that Lucas kind of like, like wanted to do with the original trilogy, but it's also everything that the prequels kind of hint at 
you know, or yeah. prophesize of. This is the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. And they were right. I mean, it, it, sometimes things don't happen the way you want them to happen. But the end result was true. Anakin Skywalker brought balance back to the force right. by eliminating the Phantom Menace himself, the Emperor, and throwing him down that you know power yep. hole or whatever it's called. Um, Killing Sith. Yeah, and then no look, and then, and then at the end, and, and, and I'm talking the original, uh, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi here. That is super satisfying ending of seeing um, Yoda, Obi-Wan, Alec Guinness, and his dad, and Anakin, and Anakin. Yep. You know, uh, and the funeral pyre at the yeah. end as well. And Anakin played by Shaw, right? What was yeah, it? Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian Shaw. Finally coming in and getting some action. Yeah. And but... like, look, I'm on record that I do like the addition of Hayden into that scene, but I obviously prefer the original because um, it felt so good to see this man that, that, that we had all wondered so much about in his natural light Jedi way yeah. with his two best friends standing next to his brother, Obi-Wan Kenobi, yep. and standing next to his master, uh, Yoda. And the three of them f- fulfilled, gave me a, a great sense of satisfaction. I couldn't so agree more. Those are my four. So it sounds like we got two ones that aren't the same. No, uh, you're, you're, get ready for this. Okay. We are four for four. Wow. Four, four for, for four. four. I picked every single one you did. Okay. so For I most guess... every reason that you gave. The only thing I will say, yeah. I want to give the honorable mention to The Last Jedi. Okay. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to wow. be that okay. guy. Yeah, yeah. Be that guy. The Force Projection Luke is one of the most insane, satisfying moments for me in a movie theater. Now, I know it divided a fan base. But your boy who loves Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Just I love Luke Skywalker too, man. Lost. I just, I screamed in the theater. And I was at a press screening. Yeah. I screamed. Yeah, yeah. You were sitting and like three, then a, three seats away from me. Yeah. And then about three, I mean, you know, seeing it so many times, it's just so, it was so satisfying that, that Luke continued his journey from Return of the Jedi and did a nonviolent confrontational force projection to give the Rebel Alliance now, the new Rebels, time to escape. Yeah. Now, I only give it, the reason I did not I mean, make it a nomination yeah. is it's because, because... you know better, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because that's the only thing. Everything yeah. else is kind of like... Okay, you know what? First of all, it's a very fair point. I'm sorry to make light of it, but you're yeah. right, because... Everything else from those goofy little crystal wolves. How did he? Well, how did he get in here? He must have gotten in where the little wolves got in. It's it's fine, but but yeah. When, I mean, thinking about it, I had it on the nomination list. But then when you think about New Hope, which started it all, yeah, Empire Strikes Back, which shattered that mold, yeah, and moved into a new direction that is now arguably one of the greatest twists and cliffhangers. In movie history, yep, you got to give it to Empire. Return of the Jedi, because of everything you mentioned, how satisfying it was, how how great it was to see Luke, seeing his father and his master and his other master all there together, united. The funeral pyre, him burning Vader's yeah. body at the end and the yeah. music. Yeah. Vader distinguishing the Sith by being pulled from the, the darkness into the light again right by his me. son. You were right about you me. You were right about me. All of that. Return of the Jedi is one of the most satisfying endings of all time. It really is. It really and is. And then how can you not give it to Revenge of the Sith for the points that you make, which I echo. Him 
you turned her against me. He force chokes her. The iconic lightsaber duel. The the cutting that goes back and forth between yeah, it's Leia being handed ending. off yep. to Alderaan, the, to the hope of the future, a new hope being handed off to, to Joel Edgerton's Owen yeah. and his wife, Baru, looking at the twin sunset. Do you think we'll ever see Joel Edgerton back as Owen? If we get an Obi-Wan movie, I yes. Think, yeah, yeah, me too. If we get an Obi-Wan movie, we will have Edgerton back. And I think back. that he will be an antagonist to Obi-Wan. I, I think it was... I, like, I think like it would be a, like very a friendly antagonist, but like I don't think that those two like each other. No, because or, or, or Obi Wan doesn't have those kind of feelings because he's kind of beyond that. He's like you know he's learned to take feeling out of the equation as yeah. as best as he can. But Owen is going to fall in love with Luke, want to protect him, and yeah. Obi Wan is that reminder. Yeah, Owen wants so so just just so I can nerd out here for a second. Yeah, Owen Lars is related to who? Owen Lars is the son to Klieg Lars, who was married to Shmi Skywalker. Oh, after. After. So he's Uncle Owen. So right? he's Anakin's stepbrother. He's Anakin's stepbrother, correct. Or is he his half brother? Step, because. Was he born out of Shiv? He was born out of Shiv. Oh, no. I don't know. That's a good question. Hey, Cannon Junkies out yeah, there. Yeah, Cannon Junkie alert. Hit us up. At Riley Around, at Mark Fernandez 76, let us know, was Owen born out of Shmi and Klieg Lars, or I think he was coming from a, a, a previous marriage? Yeah. I don't know. Because look, I mean, if... I don't, I think it's, I think it's the latter. I think it's, Shmi only gave birth to Anakin. Right. I mean, so to be honest with you, I don't know. Yeah, but you know, I don't it's either. like this is when you wish you had Ken Napsok around. I know this is Ken Napsok. Actually, yeah. All right, we got to move on because well, we, was that the first one? That's the first one. Oh Jesus! We're fifteen <laughs> minutes in again. We did it again. Not only that, we're twenty-three minutes in. Okay. All right. So All the next that. one, the next one, opening is, best opening crawl. Okay, so look, I'm going to be very honest here about best opening crawl. I don't have them in front of me. Okay. So I won't be able to recite them off the top of my head. Okay. But I did look through them while I was making the nomination. Now, my first nomination for best opening crawl, only because when, like, I remember watching it in the cinema and what it made me feel was so like, oh, baby, here we go. Yeah. Right? And it's Luke Skywalker has vanished. Yeah. You know, it's The Force, Force Awakens, Awakens, Episode 7. The crawl in that made me excited for the story that was to come. Yeah. I don't know if I got the story that that, that, that crawl promises, in my personal opinion, but the crawl itself I thought was very, very, very cool. Yeah. And as part of this award, I also want to extend it to the crawl and the immediacy that happens right after mm-hmm. of what's the first shot that you see. Mm-hmm. And in The Force Awakens, after the crawl, you see that awesome, um, you know, uh, It's like a first silhouette order. of the fi- First Order going over the moon and the, kind of thing. The music starts and those tiny little three ships yep. heading down to the thing. I thought it was very well done. I'm a fan of that moment. So best opening crawl, number one, The Force Awakens. I have Force Awakens as well. Okay. I also have, I'm going to go quickly here, New Hope. Oh, I'm sorry. It's your turn. I'm yeah, sorry. no, no. That's my all right. Bad, no, bad. you're go fine. Ahead. You're fine. Because I want, because you don't have yours written. That's why I wanted you to do that. Yeah. So Force Awakens, New Hope, because it's classic. Yeah. It's and it's something one. I can, Rebel Spies striking from a secret highway have won their first victory against the dreaded Galactic Empire. Is that the Empire. first sentence? 
Uh, yeah, it goes. It is a period of civil war. It's a period of civil war, which just right. sets it that's up right. perfectly. So and when good. you see, when you first see a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, yeah, it, you're like already going. Wait a minute, wait, this, is, this is not the future. And then you go a period of civil war. You get what? Yeah, it's yeah. just so perfect. So I have Force Awakens, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. What's the crawl? How, how does that one start? Which one? Empire. Empire Strikes Back. Uh, let's see if I can do it from memory. Empire Strikes Back. Crawl as I look it up. So for the record, uh, Riley does have a computer in front of him. Yes. I do not. That's why I'm not you know, saying these because I don't remember them. I'm trying to remember. Force Awakens is actually is the one a, that sticks to my mind the most. Yeah, it is a dark time for the rebellion. Yes. Let me get an image. Oh, I love here. that. Is that the opener? Here it is. Okay, so I was right. It, uh, it's a dark time for the rebellion. Yeah, what a great opener. Although the Death Star has been destroyed, Imperial troops have driven the rebel forces from their hidden base and pursued them across the galaxy. Now, there, you know, you can maybe argue there's not a lot. Evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet, a group of freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker yeah. has established a remote base on the remote remote base something Hoth. I'm going the remote. From, I think I think they say Ice Planet. I ice they, Planet of Hoth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. All right. So, so I have Empire Strikes Back, and then I'm going to surprise you as my fourth nomination, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Again, I love what— so, 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 so for the record, we both have The Force Awakens. We have both have Force Awakens. I do not have Empire, which is okay because we'll talk about that later. Okay. And then your third one, I'm sorry? Uh, Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, Force Awakens, Revenge of the Sith. Those are my four. Okay. I do have New Hope as well. Okay. We have two there. You don't have Empire. You got to have Revenge of the Sith. I do have Revenge of the Sith. All but right. I'm sorry. So, so go Those ahead with three yours. in there. No, I love re- – I've given my – like Empire Strikes Back because it follows – I do the filmmaking thing too and, and how it grabs you. Mm-hmm. Because A New Hope shattered everything yeah. we know changed about. Movie. Changed, changed movies changed, forever. Changed uh, – changed, uh, Entertainment, branding, yes. franchising. Uh, I mean, it just changed. You know, it's a, it's a historical moment. And the fact that we get an, a, a sequel to the biggest movie of all time at the time in Empire Strikes Back, it immediately tips your hat to – it tips their hat to this is going to not end well. It is, it is a dark time for the rebellion. Yeah, it's a good a one. A group of it's freedom a fighters. It there, but it's a good one. I a like group of one. freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker. Yep. Established a remote hidden base on the ice planet of Hoth. Yeah, evading the Imperial Starfleet, something or other. The 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 the, I know they send remote probe droids to the far reaches of the galaxy. It's something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, I, I turned off the computer. Dun, 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 I love. I know. Sam Anderson, Sam Yeah, that's it. The rebels are there. My lord, there are so many uncharted settlements. It could be smugglers. That is the system, and I'm sure Skywalker's with them. Yeah, I love this man. I could I could quote this yeah. every day. It's good. Revenge of the Sith. I love because it goes war. It's so good. It literally starts with war, and it, it just for me worked. Yeah. The one thing I wish I can get rid of, there are heroes on both sides. I don't get what Lucas was trying to say there. Like, how is there a hero on the bad side? Well, look. First of all, it's a very First of all, that's probably what what I love about it the most. And I I knew you were yes. You know because um, and it's a part I respect at it, least because um, because in Revenge of the Sith you have to remember that the Trade Federation had its own point of view, so to speak. Right. right? Um, 
and the heroes from the Trade Federation side is really what I think is one of the most interesting characters out there. And I'd love to know more about his backstory and like talk about talk about standalone movie. I would love to watch this one. And Disney, if you're listening, anybody from Disney, I have a, <laughs> I have a pitch for it, uh, which maybe if no one in the Disney returns my call, we could do it on the rule of two. But it's the story of General Grievous. And it's the story of how Grievous, who I, I forget the name of his alien race, um, of all the things that happened to Grievous and how he ended up the general of the droid army, being a biological creature at heart, right? Like literally having a heart um, and still having his eyes and things like that. There, there, I think there's so much more like, I don't know, there's so much to General Grievous that I can see how from the Trade Federation's point of view, Grievous could be seen as a hero. Yeah. Because, and look, and Count Dooku, right, is a rebel. Yeah. He rebelled against the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. refused to, I mean, he didn't have a, like, he was definitely under the influence of the dark side. Yep. But he didn't have the Sith eyes. He wasn't all the way in. You know, he was still, like, he had some ideological uh, things going on in his head. Interesting. That that actually made him more of a political revolutionary yeah. than it made him a pure bad guy. Yeah. You know, because like like yeah, like when push comes to shove, he only cut Anakin's arms off. You know? Um and when Anakin is gonna cut his head off, oh, so good. he's looking over at the Emperor I know saying like, yo, like the joke's gone far enough. Yeah, like, we didn't discuss this. Yeah, like I didn't kill him. Yeah. I could have easily killed him. I didn't kill him. I didn't kill Obi-Wan. I was going off of you, buddy. Yeah, you like, do- yeah we're, that- we're, we're trying to build a better f- government here, I thought. And, well, what happens, Count Dooku? You right. fell to the dark side. Right. You became an apprentice. Right. You are expendable. You're expendable. And Palpatine goes, nope, this is having my eye on future Darth Vader. Do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Any, oh, it's so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a great. So that's my opening crawl. Yeah. So that's on mine too. So we have three so far. You don't have Empire. What's your fourth? If it's Phantom Menace, I'm leaving the show. All right. So look. <laughs> that's right. Phantom Menace, isn't it? All right. So look. <laughs> I'll take Return of the Jedi. It it is Phantom Menace. Oh, for the record, for the record, because I'm not gonna because I'm not gonna get up here in the Rule of Two and <laughs> disgrace the name of the Rule of Two by not being honest with my with my choice. It is Phantom Menace. Okay. But that being said, this will be a quick debate because I'm okay with replacing Phantom Menace with Empire. For Empire. Oh, yes. 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 Because there's no way I'm letting go of Revenge of the Sith because war. I mean it. it, it to me, it's like that 1940s, 1950s serial. Yes, that that's it, that's exactly where, where the opening crawl is 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 based off of, right? Like, right. Like, that's where the opening crawl comes from for for the younger folks out there. The opening crawl comes from an idea of George Lucas watching silent films, and yep. in silent films back in the old days, you had to give a two to three screen uh, sort of description of what was going on, so that right. you had some context. Going into it because you had no sound or audio. You had sound, but you had no uh, dialogue. Right. Because uh, they weren't able to sync uh, sound with picture because of frame rate issues and recording uh, timing or whatever. Um, and they used to have these like uh, opening sc- uh, 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 crawls. They used to sort of contextualize what the movies were. And the war one is just, it's so 
honest to where its inspiration comes from. So, yes, I'm okay with Empire Strikes Back taking the place of Phantom Menace. Got it. we have our first four. So we we have have our our four four. nominees. Force Awakens, New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back. Yep. All right. In the interest of time, we're going to move on now to our next nominations, and we're going to go to Best Screenplay. Wow. Because we're going to lead up to Best Picture. Because now we're in wow. the big, yeah. now we're in the big ones. Now, now, now things are getting serious. Now things are getting serious. What are your four nominations, Mark Sidious? All right. So nomination number one, obviously the thing that started it all, and the one script that you can't have any of the other ones without, obviously, uh, Star Wars. Yep. Or what became later known as Episode Four: A New Hope. Yep. Um, and this is the purest of all the scripts, in my opinion. I agree. Because it's the one where he had a copy of um, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, The yep. Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. It follows it perfectly. It follows it, it follows it to a T. It's a retelling, essentially, of what Joseph Campbell's teachings are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you also have the obvious, and I welcome, influence of The Hidden Fortress yeah. by, by Akira Kurosawa. Yep. Um, specifically as it relates to um to R2D2 and yeah, C3PO. I was going to say the droids. Yeah, I yep. mean like 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 that's where the most obvious thing is, but mm-hmm. if you watch it, Han is there, mm-hmm. so is Princess Leia. Yep. Um that's really what it is. And uh if 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 you guys out there haven't seen The Hidden Fortress by Akira Kurosawa, you will absolutely love it. And if it's the first Kurosawa film that you've ever seen, I feel sorry for you because it's just going to end up into a into a rabbit hole of watching Akira Kurosawa films. Because once you watch one, you want to just keep going and going and going and going. One of my favorite filmmakers of all time. And what's really satisfying about this, and I know I'm off topic here a little bit, is George Lucas um, had so much gratitude. And this is the this is why I think George Lucas might rival Stanley Kubrick for me as the most as my personal favorite filmmaker of all time. I was going to say. Um, Most that, influential as well, I would, yeah, I would say. Is that when, when he, um, he had such a deep, profound admiration for Akira Kurosawa and what he learned from Akira Kurosawa from afar, just as being a fan, right? Yeah. Um, the inspiration that he got from him, that uh, George Lucas actually produced one of Akira Kurosawa's final films. Um, which movie one? is called Ran. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you guys haven't seen that, it's a spectacle. It's a spectacle of the mind, a spectacle of the of visuals, one of the most beautiful war films you will ever see, ever. George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola actually stepped in and um, and helped finance Ran. So anyway, I know this is a little bit of a tangent because we're talking uh, scre- screenplay, we're talking Star Wars. Go watch Ran. Akira yeah. Kurosawa. Go watch The Hidden Fortress, Akira Kurosawa. Oh, yeah. There is a great connection between George Lucas and Akira Kurosawa in the same fashion that there's a connection between uh, Woody Allen and, and uh, Igmar Bergman. Yeah. Um, so anyway, enough of the history lesson there. But um, so you have New Hope. Long story short, New Hope, number one. Yep. Um, my next best screenplay, obviously, um, and I'm not sure who the writer is here because there's been so many different. Like th- there were a few writers on this one. Mm. Empire Strikes Back. Lee I, Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan. Okay, so Kasdan I knew was one of them. Who's the other one? 
Lee Brackett did the original script, the first draft. Does he have a credit in the film? It's a she, yes. Oh, it's a she. I'm sorry. She, uh, but she passed away uh, upon turning in, I, th- I believe, the draft. And Lucas said, you know what? We still need some work. Gave it to Lawrence Kasdan, who was writing uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I believe, at the time. Or at least pitching it. Or, or no, he was brought in for Empire Strikes Back. Around the same time he was doing Indiana Jones, starting cool. to get that going. Yeah, this is back so, in yeah. his glory days. Yes, back, back in, in the glory days, Lawrence Kasdan brought in to yeah. kind of... So look, Empire Strikes Back, it's tough to not have that in there. It's beautiful it's on It's one of the level. best written Star Wars movies of all time. Yeah. I agree, it's in there for mine as well. Okay, so we're two for two so far. Two for two. Now look, my next one, because I really love this script. Yeah. I really, really love this script, and that's, Reven- uh, that's Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, okay. You know, Another uh, Lawrence Kasdan one. Did he do that one as yep. well? Yep. Okay, so look, good for him. He's nominated twice. Yep. Um, I just, I love that movie. For a long time, it was my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's just very, very well written, I think. Um, it makes, it It creates forgivable acting in some of the actors that we get. In, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, look, none of the Star Wars movies, and I know we have a best acting category, but none of those movies are, you know, incredible toward the force from an acting you know perspective oh yeah but the writing helps when the acting isn't carrying it so you know return of the jedi and then my last one no surprise here because i think it's the most complicated of all the scripts personally speaking is um revenge Revenge of the sith Sith, right all right and that's uh lucas by himself right yeah there now there was talk that maybe he had some help yeah, uh, we'll get to that. We'll but get George to that. Lucas basically wrote them all. Yeah, yeah. So Lucas is the only one with credit. Yeah. So um, Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. Star Wars, A New Hope, mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So who are the nominees? George Lucas gets nominated twice. George Lucas for you gets nominated twice. Lawrence Kasdan gets nominated twice. Then Lee. And Lee Brackett as well Lee for Brackett. Empire. Yeah. And then on, 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 on Return of the Jedi, it's Kasdan by himself. I'm pretty sure it's just Kasdan, but let me see and do a little fact-checking here. But I, I'm almost 99% sure that it's Lawrence Kasdan with the script and George Lucas' story credit. So let's go ahead and look at – so we did Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Body Heat, and then Return of the Jedi. Here we go. And yeah, it's all credit. All right, cool. George Lucas does have screenplay credit in uh, Return of the Jedi. So George Lucas did some writing as well. So he gets three. He gets three. Three okay. nominations. So Which I think the creator Lucas, of yeah, the greatest saga. Away. Look, Luke is going to walk away with a lot of golden lightsabers. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some, some bricks okay. into this one. Okay, fair enough. Because I, I, I wanted to do something different because I started to realize Kazan and Lucas would have gotten all my nominations. Yeah. Empire, New Hope. Done. Okay, so those are in. You're going to hate me. Last Jedi. Okay. I love The Last Jedi. I love what he did with it. I know that people are going to be yelling and screaming and pitchforks at me, but I just think he got Star Wars. What he did for the end, Last Jedi is my nomination, and Rogue One is my fourth nomination. Okay, so who Gareth wrote? Gareth Evans. I mean, like seven people wrote Rogue One, right? Uh, Gareth Evans or Gareth Edwards. I always get the two mixed up. Yeah, Gareth Edwards was a director on it. 
for most well, of it. Well, Gareth Evans, too, is, did the raid. Right? No. Gareth Evans. Right, so I always forget these. I have to take a sip of water here just to calm myself down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's the director of Gareth Evans. Okay, is the director so, so of the which are the two that we share? Empire and Star Wars. Empire and Star Wars. Okay. And then the two that were on opposition are, a loyal opposition, I, mm-hmm. I should say, is Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. And you have The Last Jedi and Rogue One, right? Yeah, Rogue One and Gareth Edwards did not know. Chris White's. And Tony uh, Tony Gilroy. So for Rogue One, it was Chris White's, Tony Gilroy, story by credit, Gary Witta, and John Knoll. All right, so let me let me give you my reasons as to why I personally feel. Now, look, I like Rogue One a lot, so mm-hmm. we'll leave Rogue One till the end. Okay, but these are my personal reasons as to why the Last Jedi can should not be nominated in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. No, that's okay. And I knew this was coming. Yeah, yeah, of so. course. Of course. The Last Jedi makes to me the cardinal sin of when you're screenwriting characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is consistency. And you and I have spoken about this, I believe in the first rule of two podcasts, we talked about consistency and character. Right. Right. So when when um Steven Spielberg uh taught me something and I, I forgot where I heard it or how I heard it but it's one of those things that you hear from like a, one of these master filmmakers that 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 sticks with you you mm-hmm. know and his whole thing is that when you're making a movie you can only ask the audience to make one leap of faith right you know like one leap of faith is really all you can ask them of and then you can carve anything around that right so with Jurassic Park he makes you take the leap of faith that it's possible to extract dino DNA from a mosquito, right? That's right. been, uh, you know, trapped in amber. Um, in in um, in Jaws, he gives you, he asks you to believe that it's possible that there could be a twenty five foot great white shark out there, right? Do even you- though even though the record great white is like twenty one feet, sure. He says it's possible that we can increase that by four feet, and there's a twenty five foot one out there somewhere. And even to your point with Jaws. They were saying when the, the shark comes out at the end and goes on the boat, they're like, nobody's going to believe that. He's like, by then, it won't matter. Right. I have gotten them. Right. Because you've asked them to believe one thing. Yeah. You know? So with Star Wars, and like, like, look, and this has been ongoing for so long that I know the contrarian argument is, well, Gareth Edwards wanted to shake things up. Okay, well. You mean Ryan Johnson. For I'm last sorry, I'm yeah, I'm sorry. Ryan yeah, because we were talking about Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Ryan Johnson wanted to shake things up, make it his own. Okay, fine, but that doesn't mean that he's right. It doesn't mean that in the that in the world of something that is beautiful and consistent mm-hmm. for thirty years can all of a sudden become something that it's not. And for me, there was a lot of inconsistencies, primarily with the character of Luke Skywalker. Like, to me, that that's where it gets the most. And look, we've had this discussion. Yeah. Luke Skywalker's, and and it's not just me saying it. There's plenty of interviews with Mark Hamill saying oh, it. It's, it's, I mean, that's not got, what a Jedi does. He's, got, he's gone on record. He's gone on record. Many times. This is not, this is not Luke Skywalker. And yeah. this man has lived with that character in his head for a very long time because, look, Mark Hamill now is big on Twitter. Mark Hamill now is big on 
uh, on, on, on Instagram. Yeah. He's kind of like this old, funny, great guy. There was a 20-year period where you didn't hear much about Mark Hamill. Yeah. Okay? He was pretty much, like, in the background. Yeah. And it wasn't until the Batman animated series that he started co- sort of coming back yeah. into, into prominence amongst a very select audience. It wasn't even like it was a mainstream success. It was a very contained yeah, thing. Yeah, he, he had a niche kind of yeah. cult following, so, right? So what that tells me is that this man was thinking about this character that he played over and over and over again. And look, necessity is the mother of invention. He needed, he, I'm sure he wanted to get out there. He wanted to continue his film career. I know for a fact that he must have wanted to uh, speak with um, Lucas several times about, hey, bring me back, bring me back, bring me back, bring me back. So he's probably thought about it in his head. What's, what's Luke's comeback? What's Luke's comeback? What's Luke's comeback? Oh, yeah. So his in, and, and what he got was a guy who had basically was the polar opposite of everything that you got from the you know original trilogy and you didn't get a ton of reasoning why that character arc happened like you know he he changed them made this totally new guy fine like oh you're a rebel you can do whatever you want you know the the past must die or whatever mm-hmm. fine but the past must die is easier said than done if you can give me a reason why the past must die like, what's the reason for the past must die? Let the past die on its own is not a good enough reason. See, I got it that he was he was getting ready, and we have talked about this. He was witnessing the rebirth of the dark side, and he thought that he was going to be living in— Sure, but if you're talking about writing, and like, like I hear you, yeah, but that's—you're extrapolating that. You're not— Oh, I, the, I, could, I could pinpoint— times in there like him saying the jedi must die just like the sith died he was like taking upon himself to pull himself out of it as a betterment for the galaxy thinking that that would do it but johnson's point was that it doesn't matter this this is going to happen whether you're there or not what's this this the darkness rising the jedi way force sensitive people it's all going to be there and he did – and it is a classic for me at least. It's a, one of those classic story things we've yeah, yeah. seen. I, hear I you. think it follows – it does follow echoes of Yoda going off into Dagobah because he has to. But the difference there – and, I, and this right, could right, be but, its but, own podcast. Right, right, but it can be. But, 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 but that's the – that's exactly my point. Yoda lived – through the glory of the Jedi. Right. So he knew what the glory of the Jedi was, and he saw the downfall of the Jedi yep. by the Sith. Yep. Okay, the Sith came back, mm-hmm. and Palpatine, by himself with a few apprentices, was able to take down th- thousands of years of Jedi order. Right. Okay? So now the hope that they're talking about is that Luke is going to rebuild the Jedi, is going to rebuild the Jedi order. And then what does that do when your star pupil falls to the dark side and can destroy it all and sure. did destroy That's, it all? This is my point. That's the most important part of the character arc. Yeah. That's the climax, right? right? That's the turning point of the character arc is 
What made you so afraid with your nephew that you gave up your lives? Because, like, um, Anakin Skywalker's mission was to bring balance to the Force by eliminating the Sith. Right. Okay? And he accomplished that mission. Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker's mission was to redeem his father and rebuild the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. That was his mission. And he brought back his father. He was, a- he was not able to rebuild the Jedi Order. And all we get from that is Luke saying, no, got him. And I went into his bedroom and I tried to kill him. Like, oh, come on. There's, there's more there. What is and there? So to that point, he is rebuilding, right, the Jedi Order. For me, the idea of him walking away is reminiscent of, sure, Yoda going on to Dagobah, Ben going off into the desert on Tatooine. But they both had kind of side missions. Right, but those were, are things that were external forces brought that upon Yoda. It's Luke Skywalker seemingly dismantled everything through his bad choices that are aren't consistent, consistent with his character profile. His character was consistent in always looking towards the future, never his mind on where he was, what he is doing. Okay. And when Yoda comes back and does the last teaching for Luke in The Last Jedi, yep. the greatest teacher failure is. Sure, because which is Skywalker, one of my favorite lines in the movie. Skywalker failed again. And I know you guys hate talking about it, Luke Skywalker failing after he did so much in Return of the Jedi. But he failed again. I know, but you don't see the failure. That's my point. Well, that was the, the Rashomon, failure, right? The Rashomon not... talk and the effect, the three different... Which makes it even more blurry. Yeah. Which, which, which makes it less believable. You know what's hard, though? And because we do have to move on at <laughs> yeah, one point. Yeah, yeah. No, but look, the, look, look. I but, mean, this is what the rule of two is about. It's about right. these discussions. And I look, love these discussions. These are the golden lightsabers we're talking about. I'm wondering, is J.J. Abrams, episode nine going to add in help completely ruin do nothing for the conversation because when we talk about empire strikes back and luke's journey we inevitably go into the uh, return of the jedi yeah. right we but we also very important in screenwriting is exposition yes and we're very clear in through exposition the choices that Luke makes, the choices that Anakin makes, the choices that Obi-Wan makes, mm-hmm. like they, they do it. The choices that Han Solo makes, that Princess Leia makes, they're very good about doing that in the writing. In, right. in the sequel films, they're very poor about doing that in the writing. More in The Last Jedi than in, than in, um, than in The Force Awakens, because The Force Awakens is more of a, of a paint-by-numbers thing. So it's, it's easier yeah, I to get do. it. Yeah, it's easier to get it. And to to Ryan Johnson's credit, he did try to say, you know what, I'm not going to go paint by numbers. I'm going to go off and try to write my own script. That's why I loved it. Yeah. But he doesn't he didn't. It feels like to some degree he didn't do enough homework or he didn't. If you're going to make Luke Skywalker basically a a like a hermit, you could say it. a hermit or um. I was going to say, like, uh, you know, there's probably a fancy word for when you kill your nephew, like, uh, <laughs> you know, nephew side or, or, or whatever. You got to show me why. Like, I would have rather have seen The Force Awakens or Episode 7 be about Luke's failure in being able to rebuild the Jedi Order. Yeah. And then have Episode 8 be about his accepting of the failure and saying, you know what? The real thing is for the Jedi to die. Because then you have a then you have a, a like a reason for it. 
Like right now, the reason is very blurry. I, and I, 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 that's what I wish more of. And that's why I think it's so funny. And again, another conversation for another time, but that Ryan Johnson gets a lot of hate yes. for, for the way he handled Luke. But J.J. Abrams is the one that set up. Fine, fine, fine. That's fair. Luke leaving. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't Ryan Johnson. That's why, to me, both those films. That I can concede to. Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Yeah. Are not worthy of a golden lightsaber when it comes to best screenplay. Yeah. I... <sighs> because, first of all, The Force Awakens, well, I believe is a cool movie. I actually like The Force Awakens. It's probably my, it's what, it's my second favorite of the new ones. Right. Um, the script. Eh. The script's fine. And, and Kasdan is back. Kazan came back, back and, but look, we all know Kazan has lost his touch. Let's just be real about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, it's, you look at Solo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'd put Kazan right there next to the great germs, you know, James Earl Jones. It's sure. like, you know, I, age, and your age is real. You're, you're, you're right, you know? And I think that it, it's, it's hard to. I, I look at J.J. Abrams. He's the one that said Luke Skywalker vanished. And he didn't vanish getting kidnapped. Right. He left on his own accord. Right, right. He never explained that. He never, never explained left it. Left it to poor he Ryan le- Johnson to deal he with. He left it. it to Ryan Johnson, and Ryan Johnson did what he did. Right, right. So it's almost like Ryan and Johnson he's has the to, one to blame. pull himself out of that corner. Because you, if Ray shows up at the island at the end of Force Awakens and hands the lightsaber off, we all waited for the next movie, right? And then he throws away. Ryan Johnson has him throw it away. Great. But if he just shows up there and goes, here you go. Oh, great. There you are. Let's yeah. go. Then there's so, no reason for Luke Skywalker to vanish. So look, he, he my, needed the motivation. My final point on the Last Jedi, okay, and the reason why I really think it can be nominated, and um, it's not even so much the Luke thing, because the Luke thing I have problems with, but in a vacuum, the Luke thing can be cool. Right. In a vacuum, yeah, right. I can buy that. In a vacuum, the Luke thing can be okay. What is not okay is his character development of Finn, which I think is almost criminal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the the incredibly poor decision after poor decision, poor planning, just r- ridiculous plot of Poe Dameron mm-hmm. to like save everybody when he in <laughs> fact is killing everybody, and at the end to be rewarded as this great leader when he's shown me nothing. Like I would never follow that guy. It's like yo, like you have you've made <laughs> you've made the worst decisions out of anybody. Like I'm not following him. You know, and to like write about everybody killed the MF. <laughs> right, yeah. So um, that to me is what bothers me. Yeah. The fact that it feels like an episode of Battlestar Galactica half the time. Yeah. Like, well, you know, look, in Battlestar Galactica, shout out Battlestar Galactica, beautiful show. One of my favorite TV shows. But it's time. not, I mean, but this is Star Wars. This is a fantasy, it's not science fiction. I, okay. I'm, so don't talk about. You know, oh, the propulsion on the ship is going to give me this, and then we can keep ahead of them in the ship, dude. This isn't <laughs> science fiction. You're missing the entire point. I, I, I I'm going to concede because okay. I can't. I yeah, can't. It, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a I, tough one. We might have to. We might have to do. You know, let's put a pin in this because it's a good. It's a good conversation. It's a great conversation. That I think we should have for a future show. Yeah, absolutely. I, like break down the script. And just the go like, into it, go into it a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe do that for each one. You know, each maybe movie. maybe we can also. And look, I haven't been able to really sit through the Last Jedi. I own it, of course. Yeah, but you I haven't been able to sit through it from beginning to end. Yeah, since I saw it in the theater twice, and after the second time that I was dozing off half the time, literally. 
And I saw it. I like, like I remember. I'm so proud of this moment because I saw it next to John Schnepp. John Schnepp was sitting next to me. Oh. So I had Schnepp on one side, Makuga on the other, and I believe Thad Williams was there with us as well. Nice. And uh, we saw this movie together, and I'll never forget. Uh, Schnepp called me uh, right after. Like you know, we all said like you know everybody was in shock a little bit. This is the second time I had seen it, mm-hmm. but Schnepp was his first. Makuga was his first. Thad was his first. So everybody was a little bit in shock after, you know, sure, so like yeah. we didn't talk much it after. Is, it is one of those movies, though, yeah. where you're a little shocked. And Schnepp called me, like, maybe, I don't know, three hours later mm-hmm. and was like, oh, my God, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And then, to his credit. Yeah, he came around. He came around to it. Yeah. He came around I, to I it. I had conversations with Schnepp. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Schnepp and I, uh, you know, before The Rule of Two was something that Riley and I, you know, put together, Schnepp and yeah. I were going to do a podcast called The Prequels versus The Sequels. Yeah, because he liked The Sequels. He liked The he's, Sequels, he's in, and he, he hated The Prequels, and I yeah. liked The Prequels. I don't hate The Sequels, but, like, if you're going to pick a side, I'm going to pick the side of The Prequels over The Sequels to so far, you know? Yeah, like, and I'm, I'm going to obviously pick The Sequels. Yeah, so I, I'm hopeful that in the future The Sequels, you know, turn around. But anyway... Um, so I, I'm sorry, I got lost on a, on a beautiful John Schnepp memory. I, and I, I totally love that. No, but it was because the idea of doing just that, and we can honor oh, yeah, Schnepp, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can do a future episode where we break down the prequels and the sequels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, um, okay, so, um, uh-oh. Where's your microphone? Try again? Hello, Tess? No, there it is. All, All right. right. So listen, we have, we got to move forward. Yeah. So Empire Strikes Back, New Hope are in there. I'm conceding and getting rid of Last Jedi. I had Rogue One. What was your other one? Return of the Jedi? I had Empire, Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. Okay. For interest in time, <laughs> I'm taking those nominations. Okay. I mean, I, Rogue, it's tough to... Rogue you know, One I liked. You know what I liked about a, Rogue One? I like Rogue One. I like Rogue One. I liked Krennic. I love Krennic. Krennic's one of my favorite characters. I, I love I loved the idea that the Jedi weren't there anymore and that we had Shirat Imwe who had said, the Force is with me and I'm one with the Force. I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me. Yeah. I love the, uh, a little bit of the mythology in that. I love the way that it felt like a spy movie. It felt like a true war movie for yeah. me that's hard to do in a Star Wars universe. Yeah. Chris White's, Tony Gilroy, those were the writers on that. So And like five other ones. No, no, that's it. That's it? That was it. Chris Three. Weitz and, and Gary Whitta did a draft, but he got story by credit. Okay. Chris Weitz came in, did a rewrite. Tony Gilroy came in during when he was doing the reshoots. Yeah. So look, it. one of the big things that, I, like even Christian Harloff, who's a, a very well-documented uh, prequel disliker, doesn't right. love the prequels. Right. Uh, and he and I have fun conversations about it all the time. He always tells me this thing. At the beginning and the end of all of our prequel arguments mm-hmm. or discussions, which is it's a great story. It's a great story. It's a great right. story. It's the execution. It's the execution, right? Yeah. And you know, and to me there's a lot of truth in that. Okay, just to be clear. Yeah. But out of all three of the prequels, it's hard to argue that any of them are written as good as Revenge of the Sith. You know, it, it, of the three, it, it's, it's got the, the best story. It's the best story. I can I and that's why I'll put it in there. I'm, I'm probably conceding a little too much and not, but it, it is an interesting time because I also like the idea of the Golden Lightsabers being all-encompassing and having examples from every saga. Yeah. Right. Look, and and we don't have any examples of the sequels here, but when it comes to script, I just don't see excellence in the in the new ones, you know? And, like, I can understand, like, if you had, for example, picked Revenge of the uh, – I'm sorry, Return of the Jedi – 
and I didn't have Return of the Jedi, I can see us putting Return of the Jedi in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I was easy. Like, Return of the Jedi was on my list for a while. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I bumped it for Last Jedi. Okay. Um, because I wanted to, to I really yeah. wanted to get well, in look, there, but but this is not a rollover. I think this is like a solid. Like it's tough to. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's tough from a screenplay perspective. I'm with you, but see, it's that it, for Revenge of the Sith in particular, I can argue all the time. Like Return of the Jedi is a fantastic screenplay. Yeah, because I, of I think so too. Because it it does put a bow on everything in such a way that a lot of trilogies can't do. Yeah. Um. You could maybe argue that Return of the King is the only other trilogy, but that's based on source material in the book, and so the yeah, story yeah. was really a there. Novel, it's not a novel, call, yeah. right? Uh, so I can do that. So that's best screenplay: Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Here we no, go. I mean, for me, no surprise there. Too much. All three of the original trilogy belong in it. Yeah, I, I, and that's why I'm okay with you know if you call it rolling over, so be it. I call it conceding, but being okay with it. Like, yeah, and I look, it did bring up a good argument for another time. I want to do that show: sequels yeah. versus prequels. Yeah. You can put in you honor can put of that John on your Schnepp. Love you, buddy. And that will be for John Schnepp, our buddy John. God, I miss him. Uh, we're going to go into best actor, best actress now. Now we did have a little conversation about supporting. Yes, but we decided to get rid of that yeah. one interest of time. Two. Yeah, let's do. There's not let's, enough. There's not enough. Like we want to kind of give it the yeah. all-encompassing. So let's do a few like honorable mentions for supporting actor and actress all melded together. The ones that I had in there. Yeah. Um, give were to me. Frank Oz. As yep. Yoda, yep. He obviously. was mine too. Um, you know, um, Frank Oz is Yoda. Um, I had Liam Neeson's Qui Gon Jinn. <laughs> Liam Neeson's Qui Gon was excellent. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, I actually think he could have been an actor nod because he gets a lot of screen time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's tough. The the supporting ones are like is Han Solo a supporting? I don't think so. I don't but, think so either. Yeah, that's uh, why. Uh, know, like Alec Guinness, right. Obi Wan Kenobi is the the end all be all the supporting for me right, at least. But we have him. We have him in there as actor. So he he was nominated for an Oscar yeah. for Obi Wan Kenobi as supporting actor. For as the supporting actor. For, yep, for the record, in 1977, as long as the movie was nominated as well, but it lost to Woody uh, to to Annie Hall, which is kind of legendary. Annie kind Hall, of, the single greatest American comedy ever made. I if love you haven't Annie seen Hall. it, go watch it. Yep, and I I but back in that day, man, they they said that Star Wars was going to win. Yeah. Because that was like the kind of the I know. thing. Look, but if you're going to get beat out by something, get beat out by the greatest American comedy I'm ever made, which so, is Annie Hall. Yeah, so some of my honorable mentions for the, you could say supporting, you could say actress, actor, what have you. I had Liam Neeson, Frank Oz. I had Alec Guinness. Um, I had Hayden Christensen. Yeah. He didn't get my nomination. Uh, Hayden Christensen. But I'm going to, here's, I want to go into the best Actress. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. My four nominations are Ooh, pretty to... easy. Yep. Natalie Portman, Revenge of the Sith. Felicity Jones, Rogue One. Carrie Fisher, of course, for everything. And Daisy Ridley, The Force Awakens. Now, a lot of people might argue that's the only four women there are. You could say that. I do have honorable mentions. Um, Laura Dern. I loved her in the Last Jedi. I know people. A lot, a lot of people didn't. <laughs> Genevieve O'Reilly, who was Mon Mothma mm. in Such not only Revenge of the Sith, she was great in Rogue One. Yeah, she, she was she, great oh, she's in one Rogue. of Revenge of the Sith yeah. too, right? She cut they cut her out in Revenge of the Sith. Oh, they cut her out. 
She was fantastic. So, she she had a she had a scene. So look, we had the same exact nominations, even though I actually nominated Natalie Portman for Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, okay. And not for the Reds of the Sith. So maybe we can have a discussion about that. I love but, that. But I want to give a little bit of a special shout out, even though she's a nominee because we both have her. Mm-hmm. I actually think that the best performance in all of Star Wars by a female mm-hmm. is Felicity Jones in Rogue One. Oh, nice. I, I, I really, She's fantastic. I really love how she carries the weight of her messed up childhood right. on her face yep. in every single scene. I, she's such an expressive actress. Um, I don't really know a lot of her other work, to be honest with you. But Felicity Jones, she's fantastic in uh, Theory of Everything. Which is the movie about uh, uh, talking? Yep. She's fantastic in that. Yeah, um, like I want to see more of her because I was so impressed with Felicity Jones in Rogue One. Yeah. And like I think look, I think Rogue One has its slow moments and it's not like it like does. it has some pockets of boredom for me. Uh it's got some fast forward moments. But Felicity Jones does an excellent job and there's such a genuine expression to her face. She's just a great actress and you know I'm glad that Rogue One gets represented in this fashion with her. I think she did awesome. Yeah. I think Carrie Fisher Oh, but 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 let's Okay, so Carrie Fisher, I have her nominated for Empire Strikes Back. That's what I have her nominated yeah, for. Yeah, she's great in that. Yep. Daisy Ridley, I have her nominated as well for The Force Awakens. Me too. She's great in The Force Awakens. Yep. Does an awesome job. So we have all the same except you are saying Natalie Portman for Phantom Menace, I'm saying Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Because of the end like Anakin you're breaking my heart. I, I really yeah. felt it there. She's the least. The the she's probably yeah. the one that phoned it in the most in in Revenge of the Sith, right? Yeah, well, just in general. Yeah. But when you said Phantom Menace, I went, oh yeah, she was playing the dual characters. That's my point. Yeah, in Phantom Menace. I'm, I'm down I didn't with realize that. like I'm I, down with that now. With Man, the I'm queen, putting that in like, there. I will not do a course of action that will take my people to war, Senator. She was fantastic. She was fantastic. She and then she and it was her. And I was like, is that her? Is yeah, it? she was Queen Amidala, and then she was Padme. Right, but then like towards the end, there's like another queen, and it's mm-hmm. her again. And you're like, well, wait a minute, is it her? Is it not her? She would have decoys, which I loved. Yeah, yeah. So I think in Phantom Menace, Natalie Portman does a great job. Yeah, I think in in in, in Clones, she's not very. You know, Clones is Clones is probably my least favorite of the prequels. Even though, like, there's moments it's in it that I enjoy. It's the worst Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it, it it's really, fair, it's like, hard to follow. I mean, there's some great moments, don't get me wrong, but, yeah, it's hard to... Yeah. So, for me, it would be Natalie Portman in The Phantom Menace, not okay. Natalie Portman in The Revenge of the Sith. So, okay. that's really I'm going I'm going to agree with you and change mine to Phantom Menace because of the dual roles. Yes. She disappeared as Queen Amidala. She really did. And I love that she about her. She was great as Queen Amidala. And you know what? I love this list because it really does shine a light on the on the four strong women that we have yeah. Yeah, anchoring yeah. these movies. Yeah. They're really the only ones, too. I get it. Yeah. Uh, let's go to best actor. Okay. This is going to be tough. Yeah. All right. So for me, best actor. Go for it. My first one is Harrison Ford. I'm with in, you. And Empire Strikes Back. Done. Right there I with think you. that that to me, I it's think almost that his be, movie. I think it's his movie, and I think it might be his best performance ever as an actor. I don't know. He's yeah. incredible as Indiana Jones in the first three. I but there's something about Han in Empire Strikes Back that is just absolutely just uh, there's something magnetic. Yeah, 
It, it, yeah, this yeah. is a long episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're both looking at time going. Oh, it's all good. Go. It's all good. But look, we're getting close to the end here. Yep. So Harrison Ford, Empire Strikes Back. Yep. I think it's his best performance by far in all three movies, and he carries it. He's like, "Come on, I'm nice guy." I was like, "Ah, you, you like know. me because I'm a scoundrel." Yeah, yeah. But it's him like, getting, I think about. The, the princess. The I know scene, him getting frozen I mean, in the He gets – even that I know. I go back all this time when he looks at Chewie. The princess, you have to take care of her. You hear me? Huh? Like there's something so great. So good in it. He's so good in it. Okay, He's Harrison so good Ford. in it that in, like, that, that, that in Return of the Jedi, like I remember the first time I was watching it, all you want is to see Han back. Yeah. You know, like, like Han Solo stole the original trilogy. He yeah. stole it. You know, he made it about Han Solo. And um, anyway, yeah. Harrison Ford, Empire Strikes Back. Got right. it. My uh, my second one is Alec Guinness for Star Wars and New Hope. So you're giving him best actor. I'm giving him best actor. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's in it a lot. He's got a lot of dialogue. He's in it all the way till the very end when he fights yeah, Vader. And he's and in it. I mean, and, and we might have a different because I'm giving it to like characters that really have a lot to do in the whole whether it's saga, whether it's the movie, I put Alec Guinness as supporting. Okay, which is fair. I get For me, it. Alec Guinness, because we took away supporting, it's hard to not have. Alec Guinness is the anchor for me for a New Hope. I love it. You know, without Alec Guinness, the Jedi don't don't have as much gravitas. Him in like everything. Him from where you first meet him, he tells a story. To him at the you know at the Maz Eisley Cantina, mm-hmm. him showing the you the lightsaber, uh, actually cutting somebody's hand for the first time, negotiating with Han on the Millennium Falcon itself. I mean, him going off on his last mission of turning off the shield at the Death Star. Yeah, I think Alec Guinness just did an incredible job in A New Hope. I think he's you know should have been nominated for Best Actor probably in the Oscars, but he's nominated for Best Actor for me okay. in the Golden Lightsabers. Number three. Ewan McGregor, mm. and, and this is a tough one for me because I don't know, like, Ewan I think is great in all three of them, mm-hmm. and I think that the, actually the, the most Ewan heavy of all three of them is probably Attack of the Clones, ironically enough. See, I think Revenge of the Sith. Yes. So Revenge of the Sith is what I'm nominating him for. That's what I am too. Because his moment of when he, it's the last time that, that Obi-Wan and Anakin are friendly with each other mm-hmm. is when Obi-Wan is about to go take out Grievous. Like, you know, they, they uh, found out Grievous's location and he's taking the, uh, the army to go take Grievous out and him and Anakin have this incredible conversation where, where Anakin tells him like, I've disappointed you master. Yeah. And he's like, and like, it was such a sweet, like it gets me a little teary. I thinking about it, it was just so weird and pathetic to a way, <laughs> but like he tells him like, you know what? Well, you're you're a far greater Jedi than I'll ever be. Oh, it's such a beautiful you moment. Know? And I'm I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, it's okay. Like, don't you don't have to try so hard, man. Like, you are a great Jedi. Like, relish in it. Like, be okay in it. Like, don't try to do more. And like, you know, may the force be with you. He tells him, like, the force be with you, and he walks away. I love that moment. And then, of course, like. Obi-Wan doesn't want to take him out, you know, and at the end, anyway, so Ewan McGregor, Revenge of the Sith, I thought he did an incredible job in that movie. Great. And I, one day I hope to see Ewan back. Me too. Yeah. What's your last nomination? 
My last nomination is Ian McDermott for Revenge of the Sith. Nice. Once again. And him you can nominate for almost any of the movies because he's great in all of them. But in the last one, I mean, his conversation at the Opera House with Anakin alone to me should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And Jeremy's phenomenal. Yeah, John's always makes fun of me because I have his, you know, everybody always talks about Oscar snubs during Oscar season. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest Oscar snubs of all time is Ian McDermott as Best Supporting Actor for Revenge of the Sith. You know, I think it's because of the movie and the movie didn't do critically too well. But for this Star Wars nerd, he was not only fantastic in that opera scene, but when he becomes Sidious yeah. and choose that scenery, there's something so wickedly delightful yeah. about it. He's He has a nomination for me, too. So which are your four? My four are Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Harrison Ford. Ewan McGregor for what film? Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Uh, Harrison Ford for Empire Strikes Back. We got two of the same. Okay. Ian McDermott. Yep. For Revenge of the Sith, but yep. oh, here's the thing. for mostly everything. Okay. Mark Hamill, come on. Mark Good Hamill point. for Empire Strikes Back. Good point. Good now, point. sure, The Last Jedi, but again, for Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, He's great in and you, you McGregor. You're absolutely right. Look, Alec Guinness, for me, I put him in there because we didn't have supporting. And, and I, I love him. And yeah, I would totally agree. But you're right. You're, you're you have to have right. the anchor. Yeah, and Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. The reveal that his father is Darth Vader. You oh. see the pain. You he's, see he's, the he pain. He says no too. By the way, guys. Oh, it, he does. It, it is an echo. It is an echo. You're yeah. right. You see that pain. But I, what I love about not only Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford is that you can include the sequels, right. and you can go. They were fantastic in that. Whether you like the movie or not, you gotta you gotta notice the the acting there. Hamill was great in the sequels. I thought Harrison Ford was not very good. I thought he was great. Really? Yeah. See, I thought he did. I, didn't, I, didn't I like thought it. he came back and was like, yep, I'm Han. Yeah. This is not how the Force works. Uh, but Ewan McGregor, because he's arguably the best actor in the whole sequel t- uh, prequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And I love Ian it. Ian McDermott can give him a run for his money. Ian McDermott and, and, and that's why Plummer. I gave it to Ian because the great Frank Oz, the great Christopher Plummer. There's some talent. The, the great uh, like, I, I like, love like that we're had. including a not only t- we have two prequel and two sequel OT. Right. I love this. Though. All right. So I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Uh, Luke Perfect. Skywalker and Empire should mm-hmm. be there. So sorry, Alec Guinness. You get a shout out. You got a shout out. You got a nomination <laughs> over there, but the committee, the rule of two, took it in. Yeah, we had to. It's got to be Luke. It's got to be. It's got to be Luke. It's well, got to be. Glad Luke. you can see it. Yeah, yeah, we're going on second to last. We're going to wrap this up pretty quick here. Well, we got two more categories. Best, Best director. director. All right, go for it. Start I got off. George Lucas, of course, for, for New Hope. Okay, I have that too. Okay, I have that too. Irving Kirshner for Empire Strikes Back. I have that too. Come on. I gave it to J.J. Abrams for Force Awakens because he brought back that. <laughs> there's not a lot of directors here. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. So there's a twist here because I have that too. Okay. J.J. Abrams for The Force Awakens. And I couldn't quite do it for Richard Marquand for Return of the Jedi, so I'm giving it to Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi, okay. which I know you're going you're gonna to fight me on. All right. So we have the same nominations. Except for Kirshner, Ryan Johnson. Empire, George Lucas, Star Wars, J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams, The Force Awakens. Okay. Now... This is. Are you giving a double nomination? No, you almost. I think you might have me in a checkmate here, Ooh. which is actually kind of frustrating. <laughs> and to my fellow prequelists out there, 
um, know this. <laughs> I gave the fourth nomination to George Lucas for Revenge of the Sith. No. Who? No. I gave it to Steven Spielberg. Oh, God. For Revenge of the Sith. Okay, now look. I do have you people, on this check mark. People are going to say, yo, check this guy. Me. Okay, now Fernandez has lost all credibility in the rule of two. But there is a featurette. Yeah, there is. A, yeah. There is a featurette in the Revenge of the Sith uh, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. That is a documentary about the making of Revenge of the Sith. And in this featurette, George Lucas clearly states that he brought Steven Spielberg to come in and direct Revenge of the Sith. He did. And Steven Spielberg said that he refused to take credit for directing Revenge of the Sith. Number one. Mm. Number two, the other, the, the other second p- piece of evidence, also from the featurette, is that Lucas used to tell his crew, because his crew would give him a lot of pushback. Mm-hmm. There's no secret that his crew actually give him pushback on a bunch of stuff, right? On Jar Jar and this, on that. He got pushback. Like when you're in it, when like when you're working with groups of people and you're in charge, like to all those people out there that haven't had a lot of experience managing people, one of the biggest misconceptions of managing people is that they think that it's like that once you're in charge, you're in charge. Right. No, that's not how it works. When you once you're in charge, you're almost less in charge because you have to make sure that you balance your decisions with the will and the wishes of the people who you are presiding over. Absolutely. It's a very tricky dance. Yeah. Okay. And I've been doing it for a long time and it's very difficult to learn that. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people are like, no, like a lot of arguments with poor managers and with, well, I'm the boss and it has to be this way. Yeah. And if that's the extent of your leadership, you're in serious trouble. Yeah. So what George Lucas did, because George Lucas is probably not a great boss not a great director not a great manager mm-hmm. is that he brought in steven spielberg and he says it in the featurette it's actually a, it's a wonderful little quote he says that when he would have ideas for revenge of the sith and he would tell his crew and his crew would give him pushback he would always use the line oh well that's what steven spielberg wants mm. so it's like that's what spielberg wants like i'm not i'm not going to be the one to tell steven that he can't Everybody, have oh okay yeah and this is in the featurette so my fourth nomination goes to Steven Spielberg, the uncredited director of Revenge of the Sith. You'll never get away with it. I know. Because it's... it's I can't believe I'm about to let Ryan it, fucking... Jo- oh, excuse yep. me. Cody. <laughs> beep it out. I'll tell him. Yeah, beep it out. It's, it's because it's, it's not official. It's not credited. Yeah. It's only rumored. You could, I, it's the same. I'll give Steven Spielberg credit for directing Poltergeist. Right, it's right. It's the same story. Yeah. Was he behind the scenes? Does he have a little Toby Hooper got a little Oh yeah, yeah. There is a big, yeah. big oh yeah. I didn't know that. Spielberg I didn't know that. helped. You can see it in there, but there's 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 been conversations that Toby was pushed off and that Spielberg really, really did it, and there's this big legend out there, and you can see it too. Poltergeist is, is like it basically happens a neighborhood over from E. T. Right, right, it's right. It's the right. same it's aesthetic. The same vibe for sure. It's the same vibe, but that's cool. Well look. Anyway, fine. I can't believe I'm going to allow this to happen. Right on, Ryan but Johnson. Ryan Johnson just made just made the best director nominations. But look, to his credit, there's some beautiful moments in that film. The the the, the hyperspace moment. The hyperspace moment. Holdo runs in. It. I mean, again, not super consistent with the lore of of Star Wars, but you can buy it. He's getting a nomination, folks. We he's did getting it. A nomination. Look, the final scene. I do love that shot of a dejected and beaten. 
Kylo Ren um, in front of the uh, at ats, whatever you call the new yeah. ones. Beautiful cinematography. Yeah, like some some gorgeous, some gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh, we don't have cinematography, do we? No, we didn't have cinematography. We didn't have cinematography. But that's all right. But, but that's to- all right. I would have nominated Last Jedi for cinematography. I, I I do think the cinematography in the Last Jedi is excellent. I would also nominate Force Awakens, also excellent. But um, yes, fine. Ryan Johnson, you made it, pal. The joke's on me. Yeah. Uh, we're going on to the last one. Best picture. Best picture. Which means basically the best Star Wars movie. This yeah. is a big one, guys. And when you're voting out there on, on on Twitter, like please, like don't try to vote. And look, I know a lot of people are going to vote that haven't listened to the Rule of Two podcast. Yeah, but like listen to the whole podcast. Like take our our points into account when you make your own decisions. Don't let them sway you, but at least take them in and internalize them as you know our opinion as to why we chose these. But yeah, this next one is the big one. Best picture. Who do you best have? picture? I have Empire Strikes Back, I have A New Hope, I have Return of the Jedi, and I have The Last Jedi. Okay. Those are my four favorite Star Wars movies right there. Okay, so I have three of the four. Mm -hmm. I have Empire Strikes Back, Mm -hmm. I have Return of the Jedi, Mm -hmm. I have Star Wars A New Hope, and I have, of course, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I figured you would. Yeah. I figured you would. Um, So look, this is like that final moment in the movie... Where it's like you were my brother, Riley. You know, <laughs> Darth Rylus. You know, tried to. It's like it feels like he's trying to kill me in my sleep. But I just. This is why I think. Revenge of the Sith is a superior film to the Last Jedi, and I could articulate it very, very, very simply in the context of Star Wars. Um. For better or for worse, Revenge of the Sith. Is a George Lucas screenplay. It's a George Lucas-directed motion picture. Mm-hmm. It's George Lucas's, what we thought for a long time, what the fandom thought was going to be the last Star Wars movie we ever Ever. Got, I we, know. We, we ever got. And that's the one he gave us. And it's the one that undoubtedly created the prequelist sort of fan base because you wouldn't have this this very powerful prequel is fan base and it's out there for people that 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 don't believe me go check out reddit go check out all the uh, star wars subreddits yeah uh, check out the prequel subreddits it's a very very active community it's the one that gave us hello there you know yeah. it's you know it's the one that gave us the fight of all fights you know it's the one that gave us it's it it, it crammed more star wars into two hours and a half or whatever however long it is two five two ten sure than any other Star Wars movie did. He, at the time, maybe he did think, hey, this is the final movie. Let's cram as much as we can in there. You and know? He kind of did. And that's that was the problems I had most with the prequels is that we had such that major jump from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith, even to the, one of the earlier conversations we had where he finally saw the, the, the connections to like the Tantive Four, like finally seeing like some of the yep. visual connections. But you're right. There there was a lot crammed in there, but also it 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 didn't feel rushed to me, if that makes sense. It felt Revenge of the Sith. Yes. No, Revenge of the Sith to me feels like a poem. Like it really it wow. feels it feels like a poem to me. Like I like that. Like 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 even the, all the bad acting stuff, like 
okay, there's that one scene where it's like, oh, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. Yeah. That, that's the one scene that you can look at and say, okay, there's some, there's some questionable takes there. There's probably, you know, there were probably like, look, I've directed before, you've directed before. Yeah. Sometimes you choose the wrong take. Sometimes your editor not only that, you but to that, make the wrong take. That, that started with the screenplay. It should have been cut because nothing moved the story forward. It was this. I think, look, I still think that that scene is intended to show that in Anakin's mind, he thinks he loves this woman so much yeah. that in his mind, he's convinced that he's manipulating her into loving him back. That and is I, such a take that I, I love the take. I, I can't follow along with it just yet, but I'm trying because that, that scene in particular, I was like, ugh, I'm going to jump off this balcony right now because it was so. Yeah, it's the one scene in Revenge of the Sith that you can look at and say. It's the only one that really stuck out to me, too. It's the only one. It's the only one in the whole movie. It's like an incredible film with the exception of that one scene. Everything else is, like, great. The opening, like, Revenge of the Sith, having watched it again, it it is definitely one of the best Star Wars movies. You know, here's another one. It's also honorable mention, shout out. It's the best performance by R2-D2, I think, in all the movies. (laughs) R2 R2 is incredible in that. Yeah. It's but no, one. I was picking up on with Revenge of the Sith, like, he's going to go back and help the clone at the very beginning, and, and Obi-Wan, who has no attachment, who d- he kind of does with Anakin, but he's like, no, they're doing their job. Focus. And he's like, no, I want to go help him. Even Anakin was, it, and this is to Lucas's credit, is already telegraphing that he has attachment issues. Mm. He's going to go help a clone. And right. it's not... It's good exposition, you're right. And it's not that he's attached to this clone, it's that he's a good person. Right. And he that he tries, wants that to he's help. Being, yeah, he's trying too hard. Trying too hard. Yeah. And then that scene between Anakin and Yoda where, where Yoda tells him jealousy leads to hate. Hate is the path to the dark side. Yeah. Like, it's, Yoda's it, them, like, yo, like, you gotta, I know what you're doing. I'm not going to say it out loud, but I know that you're hooked up with Padme. Yeah. Like, be careful. Right. Not, not because I have a problem with you and Padme, because I have a problem with you not being able to handle attachments because that could lead to the dark side. This is going to be rough because... I want to die on the island with the last Jedi yeah, because and, of and, all the reasons I said. Yeah, and you got him. I can't believe that because I went cutesy and went Steven Spielberg for Revenge <laughs> of the Sith. So you got for him. that, you got you got you got Ryan Johnson. I'll give you Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, for Look, Best Picture. I think it's a great movie. It's my favorite. It's my personal. Favorite I know it's Star your personal movie. favorite. It's not my favorite, obviously, but I'm willing to concede on this that I watched it again. I think there's a lot more going on there. It's the best prequel for sure. It is one of it is entering into well, it's not going to enter in anytime soon like above Jedi, above Rogue One, above Last Jedi, Force Awakens. Yeah. I mean to me it, it's miles above Rogue One, but I I, I understand what the original trilogy like if I were to give my top 4 Star Wars films, it's hard like if I were to make a serious list mm-hmm. about the like the top 10 Star Wars films. It's hard to not put Empire number one because of what it means and what it did and what it does. But and it's it's tough to put Revenge of the Sith above any of the original trilogy mm-hmm. because the original trilogy are so kind of beautiful and perfect, even though a lot of people, younger people especially, go watch them and it has aged a bit. There is some aging to it. I've heard some comments like it's a little uh, what's the word that the kids use? It's a little uh, not crusty, uh, maybe crusty. But but you know there's a, there's some wear and tear in that movie. Yeah, um, the acting isn't great. 
You yeah. know, like it's yeah. a little bit like, oh, Tashi Station, I want to get some power converters. Like, yeah. like it, it, there, there's some. But there, there's, the charm in that was. There's a charm there that, that, that is, is like so overly flooded with nostalgia yeah. that I can't see past it, right? Yeah. But anyway, I think Empire, Return of the Jedi, Star Wars A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith is a worthy four nominations for Best Picture. Yep. I, I, I would put Force Awakens over Revenge. I would, yeah, yeah, because it, it's just more enjoyable. But that's our prequels versus sequels conversation, right? Right. But I like this again because it gets the prequels in there. I like to take the temperature. I want to see all the reactions. Yeah. What well, people look, say. Do you remember that movie with uh, Emilio Estevez and uh, Charlie Sheen? I think it was called Working Men or no Men at Work, Men at Work, where they play garbage men. Oh yeah, uh, Men the at golf Work. Golf clap. The golf yeah, clap. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, it's a great So movie. Minute Work is a more enjoyable film to a degree to watch okay. than 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah, well, you know, so you're, you're talking on the, the subjectivity of film. Sure. Like, I'm talking about, like, like on the pure entertainment value, yeah, there's, there's it's, like, Force Awakens is fairly entertaining. Mm-hmm. But to me, the last, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the uh, like, Revenge of the Sith is so friggin' layered. That it that, is that that you can see like every little scene you can almost like like you know to your point it's as dense as that moment in the Battle of Coruscant oh, where you have so like you know Anakin and Obi Wan and the droids and the Buzz droids and and like you know sorry Master you know like you know what I hate that and like I don't know anyway yeah I love it look this I'm okay like, with that yeah look and the fans might vote. Ryan Johnson, best director, and we will. I will have to live with that. Yep. You know. Well, there it is. And don't Let's... do it just to make me. Uh, you know, just to shove it in my face. Right. Vote. Vote your heart. Vote your honest opinion. I would recommend that everybody out there actually take the time to rewatch the films if you can. Yeah. Um, look at them for their nominations. Like best picture encompasses everything. Yeah, we're really. Yeah, we really are bringing in everything. The conversation. I mean. The, the, there is going to be another show, sequels versus prequels. We got to do that because I love my Force Awakens and my Last Jedi. I would talk more about this, but to your point, Mark Sidious, the the Revenge of the Sith. I rewatch it again to to put it in there is interesting for what it did for the saga, the history it brings for the saga, how it sets up obviously the original trilogy. Yeah. But how well he did do it. Yeah. And this is upon reflection. Tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is upon many, many years of sitting with this yeah, movie. Look, and maybe I'll feel this way about The Last Jedi. You never know. Maybe, A lot but... of people hated The Empire Strikes Back. But look at that. That's hands down everybody's favorite. Yeah. Mo- arguably the most popular or best critic-wise, yeah. maybe. Did they hate it, though? A lot of the – go back. Do this, everybody. Go and look up original reviews for Empire Strikes Back. Send us – some snippets. Yeah, because I remember the like Return of the Jedi. I remember did get some critical sl- uh, slack. I think the Ewoks gave the it Ewoks, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Ewoks. But I remember it. Empire not being that well regarded when it first came what out. What were the Ewoks in the in the prequels? The the Gungans, maybe. The Gungans for sure. The Gungans. Yeah, yeah. It's that kiddie kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. but because Empire was so adult that we went from. Something that was very accessible for kids, but wasn't overly kid friendly in New Hope. Yeah. To darkness and Empire. Still yeah. had that kid quality because you had Yoda. 
Yoda was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 doing his awesome. thing, and yeah, kids yeah. are like all in. And then you had teddy bears. Look, right now it's time for the celebration. It's time for the celebration. It's time for the medal. It's time for the medal. Time for the golden lightsaber. And it's time for the recap. Yes. As we close out episode four of Rule of Two, here are your nominations that you can start to vote on now. Go to Collider Video on Twitter. We will have a poll up ready to go for you. So, so uh, we're going to do it in two phases, right? Day one, we're only going to do the nominations from the first episode. Yep. Day two, we're doing the nominations from the second episode. Right. So you can all catch up now on this. This one is the longest. Yeah. We've almost been going an hour and a half. This is longer than the first one? Yes. Oh, boy. Here right. we go. Best ending, we have Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, and A New Hope. Best opening crawl, Force Awakens, New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back. And then we go into the meat of it. Best screenplay, Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. Then we have best actress, Carrie Fisher, Daisy Ridley, Felicity Jones, Natalie Portman. Best actor, Ian McDiarmid, who made it. Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Ewan McGregor, Best Director, George Lucas, Ryan Johnson, sorry, Mark Fernandez, J.J. <laughs> Abrams, and Irving Kirshner, and then Best Picture, Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, and Return of the Jedi. Wow. Wow. That's it, guys. That is a legendary episode four of Rule of Two. There yeah. are your nominations, Let my us know God. what else. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, let yeah. us know what else you'd like to talk about. Because after the Golden Lightsabers, look, our next episode will be the official Golden Lightsabers announcement. Yes, we will. Th- our next episode will be the handing out of the Golden Lightsabers. Yeah. I think we do need to do sequels versus prequels. Okay. That's one of our shows. That could be after maybe the Golden Lightsabers. But to your point, Fernandez, please send us some of your comments, your, your suggestions. What do you want to hear Rule of two. Talk about. We like to go in depth. Yeah. You know that. Please like and share this. Uh, I almost called it a video because we're at Collider Video. No, this is a podcast on Podcast One. Please like and comment. Rate this, this, this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Riley Around, at Mark Fernandez 76 Thank you so much, guys, for... For tuning in for this and sitting yeah, with us for this humbled. golden lightsaber. We are humbled. I love hearing you from me, guys. This is Rule of Two. I am Darth Rylus. That is Mark Sidious. We will see you next time on Rule of Two on the Jedi Council Podcast One feed. Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some saying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. 
Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.